0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name is Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. On today's episode, I want to welcome Gail Pemberton. Gail is an acknowledged psychotherapist and expert in relationship development. She has assisted hundreds of people to harness their full potential by helping them better understand and master their unconscious minds. She has authored two books and has brought insight into thousands of readers across the world. Gail, thank you for making the time to have this chat today. I've spoken to you a couple of times on the phone now and very interested in the work you're doing. And uh, I I know you're really busy and you're in demand. So I just want to say, first of all, thanks for making the time this morning uh, to, to have this conversation.
1: No, oh, that's de- delightful to be here, Nick, with you. And particularly when I read about your own personal journey and the more we can get this stuff out there so people have more knowledge and and lots of different um, examples such as yourself, the more strength it gives people to make changes for themselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the whole, you know, and that's the point of this podcast, really, just talking to as many different people like yourself um, so we can educate people on the, you know, the complexity, I guess, that comes with, you know, exploring the mindset and mental health and the fact that there isn't, you know, one, a one size fits all. There's so many different elements to it. So it, it's important that we, you know, talk to people like yourself to, to really draw from, um, you know, the the vast education you've had and experience in, in the area. So um, before we get into it, um, at the beginning, we normally ask the guest just to give, um, and I know you've done a lot, so more a as abbreviated as you can, but just a bit of a background on yourself and how you've come to where you are today. Um, would you be able to give just a bit of an overview on that?
1: Yes, sure. Um, so... Uh, born in the UK originally, 100 years ago, of an Australian mum and um, travelled extensively as a kid uh, all over the world, actually. My father was in the Air Force, uh, so was educated partly in France and in Germany and in the UK, 13 different schools. Um, wow. And then when when we finished university, got married, when we finished university... Um, we decided to go, my husband and I decided to go out to South Africa for, a f- ideally for two years, but ended up in being five, uh, because that was uh, somewhere that I'd always heard about from my own, my own mother and grandmother as being an exciting place to live, and indeed it was. And at that stage, li- li- before we moved to South Africa, I was working in London after uni, working in London in in finance, and then... When went to South Africa, became a financial journalist. So hadn't expected to do that. Expected to go straight back into investment banking and do analysis. Um, Spent five beautiful years in South Africa. Came to Australia because both our parents' sets of parents had moved here. And um, had three young children at this stage and then decided, OK, my husband was travelling all the time. I couldn't go back into investment banking with the hours, etc. What was I going to do? So I thought, oh, well, perhaps I'd do a, an HR qualification, something that would fit in with school holidays, perhaps. And ended up in doing a psychotherapy course um, And that was the beginning of my whole really passion into psychotherapy, what makes the brain, what makes us tick. i would met a huge amount Mm. of different people in my time as an investment manager and as a time as a journalist. and and summing up the people to see why their companies were going to be successful on the stock market or or not. Mm. Um, And realising that I was really interested in what made people tick. So went off and studied. Um, Had always been a bit sceptical about psychotherapy and psychology because I'd come from a, a time when people in the UK tended to think that anybody who needed to see a shrink really had a screw loose or two. And um, so there was some part of that that was in my head. But um, anyway, I realised when I went for the first lecture that probably the person with the most screws loose was was myself. So that started the beginning of... of, of of my of my journey of self-discovery and yes and learning and learning more about the brain really
0: well person
1: people how we tick why we tick the way we do tick
0: yeah wow well thank you for sharing that and I didn't realize you had such a you know broad background and came into it that way but I think that's where a lot of people come into this area like you're saying it's often that just curiosity about wanting to know about yourself and other people and you know, how do why do we think and behave and, you know, do all these different things in, you know, the ways that we do it. And, um, and I guess, you know, like you were saying in your, st- in your story, it's at least a positive thing as well. Now that the stigma around it is much less than it, than it used to be still a long way to go. Um, but people are talking about it more, which is a, a positive thing. Um, so what, what, What's the, the key difference between um, psych- like a psychologist and psychotherapy and that area? What's well, the...
1: That's, that's quite dangerous ground because if ever you have any psychologist listening, um, but really <laughs> they're, they're, they're quite similar except that psychology is very much based around cognitive behavioural therapy. So because it needs to be quantifiable... Um, it needs to be that it, it, it's quite prescriptive. Where with psychotherapy, um, and I'm more psychoanalytic, I'm much more interested in where the behavior comes from. So we can pull that out in a session, look at the belief systems underpinning that, and then that gives the client the, Uh, opportunity to think is that who I want to be now or is that the programming I am I just reacting like this as a result of the programming that I've received Mm. so so I tend to think and psychologists will no doubt disagree with me I tend to think that psychotherapy just goes a bit deeper psychology will really work hard on fixing an issue um where yeah psychotherapy is i'm interested in particularly in exploring where the where the behavior and the beliefs have come from
0: yeah and i mean and that, and that's a, again the thing in in this area there's no you know better or worse or right or wrong or you know there no. shouldn't be that competition but from what you're saying no. you know it sounds like psychology a psychologist it's almost a um reactive type of um service whereas psychotherapy is more preventative in you know let's look at let's go really back to the core and try and look at how we can get a whole how we can fix that deeper problem so then we can over a longer period um you know not have to go and you know have a million um psychology sessions because i that's probably one of the things i found um seeing a lot of psychologists myself in the past um you know a lot of the information and is obviously really good and you sort of get given things that can help but if you don't it's not really getting to the core of the problem a lot of the time Mm. um and that i think that can be a real problem and i think it's important that people from you know this discussion learn that how how can they look into other areas like what you're doing um because it's a really important thing and i'm um i guess working on myself one of the biggest things has, has been what you're talking about looking at okay, why am I thinking like this? Because we just accept it, but it's it goes back so far um, and mm. it's crazy what it's linked to. So it's like, mm. I mean, is that mm. something you see as being something in um, most people? Do A lot of us, are we operating off different stories that we're telling ourselves from, oh, you know? A-
1: a- absolutely, absolutely. The beliefs that we've, we have, we... Um, embrace, but at an unconscious level, we absorb at an unconscious level, come from the most ridiculous, ridiculous things that might have happened in childhood. And it's funny how we can get a sense of it. We may not get the exact trigger, but we'll get a sense of what that belief system is. And then, you know, well, is this who you want to be today? Where the the site going just back to your previous point psychologists tend to be more yes yeah, solution focused so it's' yeah. so theoretically it's a quicker fix um, than 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 this way round but I think this is much more interesting but I'm talking with with a psychotherapist hat on so mm.
0: yeah <laughs> yeah definitely but I mean uh, to me the we can't, you know, make a big change in this area or you can't improve people's lives long-term unless you do go to the core because otherwise you are always going to just... Um, it's almost the same as, I guess, giving um, a pill to just, you know, to or putting a Band-Aid on something. Yes, it will stop the bleeding, but um, it'll come back if you don't let the wound heal or, you know, really give it that time. So, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. I think it's just, it's, it's such an important thing, but, um, I, yeah, I've got so many questions I wanted to ask you around this, but, um, I, I guess, um, what would be your recommendation to someone if they're, um, if they are, you know, what's the first step they can take when they're wanting to try and, um, look at dealing with different issues they're having when they don't really know where to begin. Um, they're overwhelmed. What's, what, what would be a good first step?
1: Um, if I go if I think okay so somebody's overwhelmed but they want help so i.e. how do you find how do you find a therapist that that you think could be be it whatever be it you know from a psychiatrist to a psychologist the psychotherapist counselor whatever um, how do you find somebody that works for you that's the tricky part and really it's going to take a first session what's incredibly important is that you feel comfortable with whoever you're going to be working with otherwise you just can't establish a a basis of trust or Mm. or it takes much longer to establish a base of trust yeah
0: so that would
1: be so that would be the first the first step and And then it's about being as open as you can be um with what's going on for you and a good and a good therapist will 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 be able to draw that out yeah um and then and then and then the work and then the work ev- uh, the work evolves yeah so
0: yeah yeah it'll evolve over time um yes and how how big of a role do you think? parenting plays in, um, someone's <laughs> psychology. How, how, because I mean, <laughs> I, it seems to be one of the, the main things that we're often trying to undo or, you know, overcome, but it's, it's a weird thing. Um, just again, speaking from experience and people that I know and, you know, my own personal experiences, it's even when you have the knowledge that, Oh, you know, I, I understand, okay, my parents weren't educated in, in this area and they pass this on to me and, Okay, I know what I need to change and I know why I feel that way. But the weird thing is you can know that and then on a logical level not understand it and know what to do, but then it, you still can't seem to get rid of these behavioral patterns or these thinking no. patterns or the, you know, the awful mm. feelings you get. Um yeah, I don't know how how big of a thing does that play and what what how do we how do we get to the bottom of that? <laughs>
1: yeah well that's the million dollar question because (laughs) of course our upbringing does play an absolute crucial part and a lot of the belief systems we absorb are, are are not even spoken they're just you just absorb them by osmosis and yes you get them up to you get them up to cognitive level and and you can as you so rightly say you understand them logically but breaking it, it's how do you get then into the cellular level where these all these beliefs seem to be lodged to, to start to break them. and And that's where I think that's where the real hard work comes in because it is about thinking, hang on, I'm going down the same rabbit hole yet again, five million times now sort of business. Not being condemnatory of that but being compassionate towards it and then mm. all the time being aware to break it. It's like learning to stop biting your nails if you've bitten your nails for 20 years or whatever. Yeah. It takes that hard discipline and gradually what you're doing is you're retraining your unconscious brain because it's, it's the... it's. And now I want to sort of diverge a bit into yep. talking a bit about the brain, Nick, if that's okay. Please, yes. Yeah. So, so what what I've learned, um, because I've struggled with this question, and I and think, do we ever really? Can we ever really fundamentally change? Uh, when I started to look at how our brain evolved, and you, you know, everybody knows we sort of originally came out of the sea and um out of the cosmic soup and and out of the sea and a large part of our brain is the unconscious part of the brain i've nicknamed it and i'm not original in doing this the crocodile brain it's the reptilian brain it's the basis of our brain there are three sort of levels of brain there's the reptilian brain and then we evolved more and we got a limbic brain which is the mammalian brain so we learned to care for each other and then we evolved yet again and we developed our neocortex which is what we think of as our normal thinking brain and we think that most of our thinking comes from this neocortex well, the, the reality is that 95% of our thinking comes from our reptilian brain. Mm. And that's a really scary thought because mm. the, it, it takes a lot of energy to really think through problems. And, mm. And, mm. and the reptilian brain says, hang on, my purpose in life is to keep you safe, is to help mm. you survive. It's really important you survive, and I'm going to do that in any which way. Now, you spending hours and hours thinking about some problem, esoteric or whatever it may be, that's not helpful because that's taking a lot of energy. Thinking takes energy. And and the crocodile brain says, nah, we're not gonna think about that. We need to keep all our energy intact in case there's a tiger gonna wander around the corner and kill us sort of business. Yeah. So we don't really want to do all of this thinking. It's too too much like hard work. We just want to react. And so that's what we do. So those patterns that are laid down at a very, very early age I mean, before the age of, and they're really laid down in those first four, five, six years, when, when the brain, the brain, the brain hasn't developed enough to, to be able to um, critically think about something. So that's why beliefs like Father Christmas and, and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy all become ingrained in our thinking because everything as a child a small child that drops in to this huge sponge-like brain is just absorbed as truth so we don't we don't have the power to differentiate between what is fact and what is fiction so that's how a lot of these belief systems get laid down and and it's only later as we as we as we hit problems and we start thinking, so what was the belief system? And okay, I wasn't even consciously aware when that was dropped in. That's why it takes such a lot of hard work. But with the hard work, you bring it up to as soon as you recognize you're going down that track, and 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 you don't often, but when you do, you can say, uh-uh, then now what am I doing? Do I really want to? go into reactive thinking or do I actually want to use conscious thinking about what decision I'm going to make or how I'm going to react to this person or this situation?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so complicated and what so with that, I mean, I guess there's like if you go too far in any one of those lines of thinking, it can cause problems because, you know, if you are overthinking things and try to analyze things you know, to too much of a degree that causes anxiety. But then if you don't think about anything and you just react all the time, you're going to have a pretty chaotic life and make mistakes. How do you, because that's what I find really difficult. It's sort of, there's that part um, where you're wanting to just follow your, your gut and just do things and not think, but then the over-analysis comes in as well. And um, is it a balance that ideally that you want of both or... Um, Oh,
1: oh yes! I mean, we don't. It's great that our brain does ninety-five percent of our. The crocodile brain does ninety-five percent of our thinking in many ways because it, it. We we once we've done something like learning to drive, you know, we're not thinking consciously, I need to put my foot on the clutch or yep. and, and whatever it is, I'm just get into the car and I've gone into the unconscious way of thinking, I know how to drive so that, that's the beauty of the unconscious, so mm. ma- many of the things we can do without even thinking about it, we don't think about how to pick up a knife and fork and eat our food we just instinctively know so, but when life gets complex is yes when we start getting very anxious about the decisions we make and 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 i think that what we're doing then is we're overlooking another part of the body that is incredibly important what does our body feel about this yeah so so you get into a situation i don't know i'm just picking something out of the air you've been asked to do something and you don't really want to do it and and you think, oh, but I should do it because XYZ Oh, but you know, what if I don't do it right? blop, blub blop and we go down this path. And and I think half the time if we stopped enough and said, Okay, I've been asked to do this, what does my body want to do? Because the body has the wisdom. Yeah. and we don't we don't give it we don't and that's partly that's partly crocodile or its limbic system i'm not quite quite sure where it comes from but the body there is a body i firmly believe there is a body wisdom and when we can hold the body wisdom with the reactive with the conscious thinking we can come to to a conclusion without too much anxiety the anxiety is the crocodile brain saying oh 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 be careful be careful i'm panicked i don't know what to do you could be going into danger don't do it don't do it and so that then and then so that actually then from a physiological point of view sends a message up to the brain oh my gosh we're in flight or fight mode quick send down some adrenaline send down some cortisol and then the cells actually each cell has a reaction a chemical reaction to every thought we have believe it or not it's extraordinarily complex and and we're quite brilliant, wonderful creations. So every thought has every thought um, elicits a chemical reaction within the cells. Now, if you're in continual high anxiety, your body's being pumped with cortisol all the time, your adrenals are probably overworked. And then if you suddenly wake up one morning and it's a fabulous day and you think, oh, and you've had a good night's sleep, oh, the world is wonderful. Within a within a period of time, I wouldn't know what period of time, but quite short period of time the cells are saying hang on this is not right we're getting endorphins coming through now we're used to cortisol you know we don't what's this feel-good chemical we're not used to this so cells want to keep what we call homeostasis they want to keep a balance Yeah, yeah and and now the balance is being upset so they send a message back to the brain hey send me down some cortisol that's what i'm used to that's my normal mixture Yep. And so that's how we get this vicious loop yeah. of, of anxiety going on or addiction going on or whatever it is. The, the it, body chemistry plays a huge part in this.
0: It's so fascinating because, yeah, I know, um, yeah, you can, I guess you can get, even when you don't want to feel that anxiety, you can get, like you're saying, addicted to the negative, to feeling bad. Um, and yes. I know I've... I remember I became aware of this in myself and I was talking to I was working through it and I was thinking, this is really weird because I sort of um you know I had moments of um trying to push that aside and just feeling this peace but then when I had that peace and everything seemed simple the mind starts saying hang on this is too easy um yeah. life's meant to be way more painful and hard and it's almost the comfort becomes in that chaos and anxiety and pain so it's that there's yeah it's kind of weird how the mind wants to go back to what it's used to as well when you're so when you've lived in that chaos and anxiety for so long
1: uh, you're so right nick you're so right it does we it yeah it, it it feels very it feels very threatening again because well hang on we're not used to this and mm-hmm. and and i suppose it i don't know if this is uh, clever analogy but or a sensible analogy it's it's like the dog with the bow we want to chew the same old bone over and over and over again i mean that resonates particularly for me because when i get a bee yeah. in my bonnet i'm still a chewing on the same old bone sort of business yeah yeah
0: uh, um,
1: and it takes a lot of discipline and energy to think okay I'm going to give myself, when I realize I'm doing it, I'm going to give myself five minutes and I'm not going to think about anything else but chewing mm. this bone. And after that, I'm going to stop. And so by about three minutes, because I've given myself permission, or two minutes, I think, oh, I'm bored of this. Let's get out of here and get, you know, start thinking about something else.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but it
1: is also about hearing that anxiety. Mm. It That anxiety is there to give you a warning of something or, a, or a, a, I call it a red flag, a red flag that sort of, hang on, there's something here we need to take note of.
0: Mm, and, yeah, yeah. No, I. So I
1: holding all this.
0: Yeah, because if you can look at it that way, it, it sort of simplifies it a bit to think, hang on, if I'm feeling overwhelmed or so uncomfortable or whatever it is, something's that's yeah, telling me that something's got to change here or something, I'm not approaching this in the right way because we shouldn't be feeling that. Um, and I completely agree with all what you were saying before. It's sort of, I think of it like um, normally our gut tells us that feeling in the body. It's you know sort of the gut saying, okay, I know innately you know what the right decision is here, but we get so caught up in the analytical thinking of it and um, you know, thing that was coming to mind for me that I wanted to ask you as well um, can it be a really a, a problem when you are trying to get too many different opinions about things and um, again you know going from personal experience I know in the past I used to um, have so many people that I would any big decision run it through all of them and then I would become you know you lose your mind it, it, it makes it tenfold because um, you've got different opinions and then you don't know what to do and it can almost sometimes be better to maybe have one or two people that when you really need some advice but then try and trust yourself more is that an important thing
1: Oh, yes, I think so. But, but you see, that comes down to self-esteem, doesn't it? We, yeah. when, when we want to run things through, past people. And I think that's a very sensible thing, because we'll get different points of view. But ultimately, when you've assembled your information, that's the information gathering part, then you have to bring it down and make the decision. And I suppose that's when you're using head and you're using body. What does my gut say? what does my heart say about this? Yeah. And, 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 and can I hold what my heart, my gut, my heart says as well as what my head says? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and then I suppose at the end of the day, it's, I, I, I don't know, I think generally speaking, it comes down to to when you've actually really thought about what your head has said, it comes down to what your gut says. I think yeah. that sort of gives you, you've held both, you've juggled both, and then, and then you make a decision. And then it's about having the self-esteem to think, I've done the best I can, and this feels the right decision for me. You know, if you talk to your mother about something, she's probably gonna come off with a completely different um, idea to your best friend, or your girlfriend, yeah. or, or your partner, or whatever. and ultimately we need to make the decision for what is in the highest good for us as long as we're not as long as we're not deliberately trying to hurt others in that
0: yeah definitely and that sort of you know goes to which you've talked about a, a little bit but how um what's a I mean I guess it's probably discipline and you know like you're saying and I believe so much in in habits and Um, whatever we're trying to change, like you were saying before, if we don't condition our mind and reprogram it into a new habit, then how are we going to be able to um, create better lines of thinking? But with anxiety, um, whatever decision we make in life, and I think it's harder than ever now with, you know, technology, we're so connected. Mm -hmm. There's a million and one things we can all do every day. So much noise. So it's like, even if you, even if you're having success and living the life you want to live and everything's going well, you could, in your own mind, make that sound horrible and think, yeah, but this person is doing that and I could have done this and I could be here and I could be there and I could be, how do we, how do, how do you sort of, you know, try and get the most out of life and be ambitious without getting caught in that again, I'm, you know, just going off my own personal experience. I know that I find it so difficult even when I'm doing things I want to be doing to not have my mind then thinking, oh, but you know, I could have gone down this pathway or could do this or, you you know what about this or this and then it it means you just don't takes away the joy of just the present moment like how do you what's yes. a, a, a technique with that or what can we how do we how do we explore you know getting better with that
1: well I think that where I then go with that is thinking okay so that's that's crocodile brain we we're hardwired to compare and judge so because uh that's part of crocodile brain wanting to keep us safe so i think we can say to some degree oh my gosh if i compare myself to him i'm not doing well well he's he's on. then it then you've got to go back up into conscious mind think yeah but our paths are different we need different experiences and and some things I can't, you know, I can't control, and so there's. It comes down to, I think it comes down almost, Nick, certainly for me, mm. to a spiritual belief mm-hmm. that somehow we're we're here to to walk on earth and to do the best we can, and to but to be open to the different possibilities. So. Spirit, God, Allah, Buddha, whatever you choose Mm -hmm. to call it, may be here saying, now I don't want you to, he went down that path or she went down that path, but no, there's another path here for you so that you can, um, you can, uh, what's the word, explore your own potential. You can, yeah, you can work on to your own potential rather than to somebody else's. But because we have got so much comparison all the time, and I think that's what's so difficult now with, with the Facebooks and all of the Instagrams and all of the media, you know, how do you separate yourself out and hold firm to what it is that you are doing to the very best of your ability? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, oh, sure. we can only take one step at a time and do that step to the best of our ability with a vision to where we want to go. Absolutely. Mm. I mm. think that's really important. And then the rest of it can be like, is is the noise coming in?
0: Yeah, you tune exactly. Tune in, is
1: this still where I want to go? Is this how I want to be?
0: And, and I think a lot of that's probably to do with... Um, <clears throat> what we're exposed to as well. I know another, you know, if you're around people that are constantly trying to, um, you know, if you've got friends that are competing with each other and trying to compare and trying to, and, you know, small minded about this is how life has to be lived in this one realm, then, um, you know, that's probably not, not healthy. And, um, and I guess it's, it's like what you're saying, you know, really finding what is my, rather than what result do I want? What's my, purpose and how what meaning do I want out of life how do I want to live every day because um, if you can find that then um, the other stuff's sort of going to happen or not happen but th- you can at least live to your purpose every day but um, I think it like I was saying before it's harder than ever because we live in such a material um, capitalistic world where we're taught a lot of things that are you know value systems that are just not conducive to making you happy acquiring things and getting more and a lot of people that, you know measure success in a black and white way that whoever's got the more money or the more possessions or whatever is more successful which is so wrong i think you know that conditioning is just insane
1: yeah, I mean it, it 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 is and yet we are so tied up into this consumer world and in another sort of way from a financial point of view you also need that consumer world to keep us all going and to yeah. and to give people employment and potential etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But yes again how yeah. do you draw how do you draw that balance? And it is mm-hmm. I think it is extraordinarily difficult and it is about tuning in what are, what what do I need for me right here, right now? So you yeah, know, you think yeah. of the air tolls of this world and come back to now. And I think that's there's 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 huge wisdom in that. But I do think you also have to have your overall vision, and your vision isn't concrete. It's sort of yeah, as you say, it, or as you've alluded, it it's tends to be how can I live to to my highest purpose I think
0: mm, mm, and you yeah. can
1: still have the nice home and the fancy car if that's what you want but the uh, but and I mean that is what we all want at some mm. level but but what is my what how can I maximize my own potential and I think that comes back to each day each step each day to the best of my ability the rest will take care of itself the universe will will take care of that and the universe and i know this sounds so woolly and out there but the universe does have does to my mind or certainly in my life has gu- has guided me i'd never have imagined when i was you know strutting my stuff in London or in Johannesburg uh, financial stuff that I was gonna I was going to find passion in 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 what makes us tick
0: yeah yeah
1: that was completely accidental yeah so, so we just I don't know allow ourselves to be open and doing the best we can I that's the only sort of it doesn't sound terribly smart or intellectual or academic, but...
0: <laughs> no, but because I guess, you know, otherwise you could have been sitting there, you know, plotting all day every day, driving yourself insane thinking, what, el- what else could I do? What am I going to do? And you still wouldn't find it. Whereas, like, I guess the point you're making, if you just be open and don't ha- don't be so set in how things have to be, but just, you know, do all the things you're saying and follow, you know, what you f- your gut and what you're feeling, um, things will evolve how they should but um you know we've got to be open to it and allow ourselves to um go to go down and explore different things rather than trying to just force everything
1: then that's true and that and the forcing everything or not the forcing but the the feeling that it has to be controlled and tight is what leads to the anxiety
0: yeah yeah or
1: can be a you know contributing factor to the anxiety
0: yeah, um, and in the you do a lot of work in in the corporate space. Um, do you what What's one of the most difficult things there? I've done a lot of talks in that area, and I find sort of the the culture, especially in bigger companies, is so embedded. It's so hard to chip away at that that mindset. Are there certain things that are really um, ingrained that you know you find are difficult to change in those environments?
1: Um. I, I, I don't really know how to answer that. I'm thinking yep. that as, as, uh, as an executive, I, I think that, you know, one of the passions in my life, just to diverge for a moment, is yep. talk to, telling people about uh, projection I think yep. that projection, where we see what we want to see in others, rightly or wrongly. Now, right. when I go into corporate and start talking about projection, the, uh, because it means we have to take responsibility too, so that so the eyes glaze over and that and you can watch people sort of. Oh God, what's she rabbiting on about? Some It'll resonate with some, but it won't with others. And that's, mm. and, that's, and that's absolutely fine because to really understand why we project all the time, we have to be able to say, you know, that whatever, this, whatever I don't like about this other person is there to some degree in me. And mm. what is that? And why is that? So, you know, I hate the fact that he criticizes my work. So what part of me is critical? Now, most of us don't want to go down that path. That's definitely path less traveled. Uh, um, So, yes. So when you talk about changing culture in organizations... Yeah, it's it's tough, but little by little, I suppose you do what you can and you chip away and people are becoming, I mean, the beauty of all of this, of all of this white noise, but all of this um, information, fast flow of information is information is out there. Mm. And and so that makes it stimulating to learn if we choose, if we want to learn.
0: We've got the access to do it if we want to, I guess, like it's, it's all there at, right. at our fingertips. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's beautifully said, Nick. Yeah. Yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's, so interesting. Um, and I love the point you made there as well with, um, you know, when we react or we're frustrated about something, um, you know, we'll often be projecting that and wanting to, um, try and, you know, if it's angry with a person for some reason or a friend, it's trying to say to them, you know, why did you do that? You know, don't do that again, but we don't take the time, like you said, to think, hang on, Um, what is it about me that is causing me to be so affected about this? Is there something else going on in, in me? You know, what we don't really do that, which I think we, we need to, don't we? Because it's, we do. Yeah, we do. I
1: mean, my journey was that, you know, something went wrong and I would blame. It was all the other person's fault. And and until I started to do my studying and then thought, hang on, hang on here. Um, you know, blaming is easy, but blaming ain't the answer
0: yeah yeah and it's
1: and it's not really what's going on at all
0: yeah yeah um and do you think anxiety and depression and things is it a bigger problem now than it ever has been or is it more that it's just more talked about now
1: Uh, well no i think it's i i think it's a bit of both but i think that um i think that that no, definitely, with all the choices that we're the and the speed of life, mm. um, yes, can I get it all done? Oh, I am expected to do this, this, and this. Oh gosh, how am I going to do it? Run, rush rush, rush, rush. Mm. Um, so yes, I think there is more anxiety. Certainly, more talk of anxiety, um, and it's hard work to to be able to step out and say. Hang on really what is going on here mm. crocodile brain doesn't like that that's using up energy that could be fighting the tiger that's going to come around the corner and attack us so yeah. um, so it it takes a lot of energy to think i'm going to just cut out the noise take myself off go for yeah. a walk yeah. do whatever shut myself in my room just turn off the noise and and try and focus in what is the worst that can happen with this anxiety
0: yeah yeah what
1: is the worst
0: and it's amazing how big of a difference that makes like I I often find just going out when you're feeling like that going out into nature going away for a day or overnight almost instantly literally when you just have five minutes into driving your mind opens up and you start to see things again you think oh you know, what am I, why am I going, you know, putting so much pressure on this and why am I thinking about, all? you know, you start getting clarity about it all, but mm. we just sit in so much and want to solve so many things that we, you know, we don't need to. And it's often, um, I guess the other thing I think about a lot is um, the things that, you know, we're, we're killing ourselves a lot of the time, trying to do so many different things, but the things that actually bring us joy and peace and happiness, are, you know, the things that are available to everyone you know right now whether it's family you know just doing getting out into nature doing things for yourself it's things that don't really cost money are the things that um seem to bring the most peace anyway
1: mm, i think that's yeah. uh, that's absolutely that's absolutely right yeah yeah that's absolutely right nick
0: um if people want to learn about you um if they want to buy your book different things where where can they go is, it, is what's the best site to go uh, to for that
1: well the, you can go to my own personal um uh, uh site www.awareness.com um awarenessadvantage.com sorry but books you just get from the bookstore or from yep. amazon um so yeah so that's really that's yeah website and and amazon bookstores whatever
0: Okay, great. And just for anyone listening to this, we will, in this episode, we'll have in the, the show notes all of the links to, to your website and, and where people can go to direct them. Um, great. Right. So, yeah, look, I've, I've you know, really, I, I, I've got, could talk about this stuff all day and I, I find it so interesting, um, the work that you're doing. And, you know, I wanted to say thank you for being so um, open about it all and sharing, you know, making the time to share this with me. Um we finish, like I said before, we finish each episode with five questions that we ask every guest. So these are just sort of, you know, whatever comes to mind, I guess. And we just find it interesting to sort of see week by week what different answers come up. Um, okay. So, so now so the- my
1: crocodile brain is saying, "Oh my gosh, what's this going <laughs> to be? Are, what are we going to so- do? What are
0: we going to surprise you?" With? No, and they're not—they're not crazy so- questions, but um, and anything that comes up. But um, so the first one here is. Um, Best childhood memory that comes to mind
1: um, wow that's uh, that's that's an interesting one best childhood memory um mum um, um, I suppose I must come up with something i mean there there were there are lots of happy memories it was a very disjointed childhood in many ways for happy memory oh gosh oh. I mean, isn't that isn't that? In, uh, I find it very interesting that I'm quite struck dumb by that question. Yeah. So happy childhood memories. So how old are we? See, I'm now trying to break it down. How old is a how old is a child? I'm thinking could before be tea, before teen sort of business.
0: Yeah, it could um, be at any time though. Yeah, just I guess best memory growing up, or not not even best, just you know, and it, it's a funny with. Because we've had that, yeah. I have found with so many of the guests, they've sort of have found it hard to to think of one on the spot.
1: Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So I suppose I could come up with um, some of the some good memories. We're learning to sail when we were living in Singapore. So, oh wow! And then it would be so hot. You just you just tip the boat in the little sailing dinghy. You just overturn it to get some coolness no they were good they were good memories yeah i'm sure i could think of a whole heap it's just no it's
0: a weird thing yeah whenever you're sort of on the spot trying to think of these things um yeah yeah well i think these these ones will be a bit um better for you i think um (laughs) easier to answer Um, uh what what do you think currently is the biggest burden on mental health in society I mean there's so many I guess but you know. About,
1: um, the biggest burden is a lack I believe is a lack of self confidence. We don't people don't have a good level of self confidence. Mm. And that's what leads to the anxiety, leads to the depression can lead to the suicides where if we can instill in a sensible way self-confidence from an early age and that's not praising people to the nines all the time, Mm. young children to the nines but if only we could have a better sense of of ourselves a stronger sense of ourselves without 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 being narcissistic without being a trump that's completely the wrong end of the spectrum
0: that's going the other way sorry to all those
1: trump to people who i i i know he's got lots of good qualities but there's an awful lot that that isn't so good And um, so we need to, yeah, get a firm sense of being grounded in who we are. And if we had that, then an awful lot of these mental health issues would disappear. Not things like, not things necessarily like schizophrenia or things that are a real chemical imbalance in the brain.
0: Sure, yeah. But
1: the average day-to-day problems.
0: Definitely. And, you know, and and that's the thing, isn't it? The Trump example is the opposite end of the spectrum where he's likely been taught that you have to you can only get love by achieving and if you you know almost that losing is worse than dying so mm. you know then mm. it's just this mm. crazy win-at-all-cost attitude and mm. no matter what you achieve that's never you're never going to be enough whereas exactly um, nick so it's the opposite and i was talking to a friend about this yesterday it's we we're talking about it and we're like what's it is the best gift you can be given is just not having your parents give you, you know, finan- on the financial side, or you know, any of that. It's more just being taught that to be emotionally okay. That you know, you know what, you are enough already. Even if you have, even if the everything falls apart and you have nothing and you, you know, you um, you're living on the street. You're still at the core. You're enough. Um, and if that's yeah. really ingrained, then. I guess, like, obviously, you know, there's always going to be things that can bother us in life, but at the core, you're going to be able to, you know, really deal, make good decisions and deal with um, the day-to-day, you know, problems that come up. It, it makes it a lot you, – you become so much more grounded.
1: Uh, that's absolutely I, – I, I couldn't agree more, and and I don't want to divert, but I just want to – My my little granddaughter – who is all of 15 months old, has taught me so much. Um, and she has, I've been le- watching her learn to walk and she has fallen over and fallen over and fallen over. And nobody's ever said to her, oh God, haven't you, can't you walk yet? For goodness sake, hurry up and walk. So she spent, you know, five months or something learning to walk. and And every time she's fallen over, she's got back up. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and, and that's so instinctive in, in, in her and in every child and I think well why can't we as, as, as adults why do we take these failures to heart because mm. somehow it's about the resilience okay let's stand up and try again don't yeah. let's get depressed, yeah. don't let's get down about it we only learn by falling down we only learn to walk by falling down
0: yeah, I love that. And I, I thought about that with, with acting. I, I mean, because I've been pursuing that for a while now. And I mean, you get rejected for a living, but um, <laughs> yes. a lot of people and a lot of people will say, oh, you know, if you if you haven't made it by 30, you got a quid, you're going to ruin your life and this and that. And it's like, well, hang on, why does it matter? You know, if you if you do just keep doing something over time and keep failing, getting up, you're going to learn, you're going to get better. And why is there this, weird formula or time frame that people are projecting you know you can um if you can sort of approach things whatever it is in your own way then it doesn't matter you can just keep getting back up and keep going and do it at your own pace and eventually you'll get there but again because of all of the noise from the outside world people often quit before they have the opportunity to even give themselves a chance of getting there exactly
1: exactly Exactly. And it's not you hold your vision in place of, you know, wanting to be on the stage or on film or, or be successful in the acting way that ever you, ever, you want to choose. Yeah. You hold that vision, but you, you keep fall, getting up, falling over, getting up, falling over. Yeah. That's the power. That's sort of, and there's a huge strength in that in thinking, mm. yeah, well done, I've got up again. And I'm not going and I'm not going to let somebody, one other person or two other people's opinion put me off what I, what I want to do.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and looking at the, you know, not looking at it as failing, looking at it as I'm going to, I'm going to learn. You know, this is an opportunity. Mm. Every time I'll fall fall flat on my face, this is a chance for me to learn. I'm probably going to learn more from falling flat on my face than just getting what I want all the time. Mm. I think that's another. Mm. Um, So Mm. anyway, Next one, um, where do you see mental health in society in 10 years time? Do you, and, and this is a big question. So more on a just you know, simplistic level, do you see things um, improving, getting worse, a bit of both? Where do you see things heading at the moment?
1: Well, I mean, I know where I would love to see things heading, and that is, you know, to get better and better. And I think with education and, and, and more and less and less stigma attached to mental health issues. Um, you know, we don't turn a, a, a hair to go to the doctor and say, you know, I've torn a ligament or mm. I've broken my knee or whatever it is. Mm. But, you know, oh, mental health. Oh, you must be a lunatic like I originally used to think, but uh, a bit loony. Um, so I think that's really good. So the more yeah, and more yeah. that comes out, the quicker people come to get help. And to seek help and to talk about it, the less and less of a stigma and and the less and less mental health will be, yeah, sort of, the more it'll be accepted that this is a just another part of our body.
0: It's part of the and, human condition and, exactly yeah.
1: nicely put, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it's yeah, um I use the same analogy that you were saying there before, you know it's until it's seen in the same way as a physical issue that if you're a human, you're going to have problems with your mind, problems with your body part of life you know it needs to yeah. be completely seen like that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, like
1: going to the dentist
0: exactly so i've got yeah. two two more to go here um okay what what would you say is your personal definition of happiness
1: blimey Nick, these are <laughs> easy questions personal definition of happiness i think is that inner contentment is that feeling Yes, I'm on, I'm on my path. I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. So it's, yes, it's coming back to, you know, well, even if I'm doing the washing up, I don't know if I really think this, but I do sometimes <laughs> think, um, you know, even if I'm doing the washing up, okay, well, that's a good job done. And it looks and the, and the stuff is clean. You know, so I've done, I've done, I've done, I've done a reasonable job. So we go to bed thinking, yeah, I've done a reasonable job each and in each and every instant.
0: Mm, Just have, yeah. Having that contentment, not, not having sort of the mind, you know, worrying about 10 different things and putting, you know, just being just in discomfort all the time, just being content with, you know, what you're doing every day.
1: And, uh, yeah. and I think you get a lot of contentment. I get a lot of contentment looking out at my view, for instance.
0: Yeah.
1: It's, yes, it's finding, the, it's finding the small things. It's not having the Ferrari and the you know mega million dollar mansion, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so final question here. Um, I'm sure there's many of these, but um, what would you say is the most courageous thing or one of the most courageous things that you've done?
1: oh my gosh (laughs) oh my gosh i mean i could think of my parachuting and think yeah some of those first first jumps that must have Um, been terrifying was that bloody hell it was no it was really exciting actually it was hugely exciting but as i got better and better and had more and more funny landings it got more and more fright that's when it got frightening a bit interesting um but possibly that or possibly you know looking down a steep skiing slope and thinking oh I won't swear on your program oh dot 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 <laughs> I've got to get down there
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: how yeah. am I going to do that oh my gosh yeah so they would be probably there well no standing up and giving your first lecture my first lecture mm. or doing the first interview you know yeah there'd be heaps all of those them. sort of things yeah all those sort be of so things
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are so many. Well, I just want to say to you, thank you again for making the time to chat. I've really enjoyed it. Love all the work you're doing. And um, yeah, we will put all the links to different, your books and your Easy. site. And um, yeah, yeah right. thank, thank you again.
1: No, thank you, Nick. It's been a delight to talk to you.
0: I appreciate okay. it. Okay, thank you. It. This episode of Move Your Mind was produced and edited by Tim Boozer. Thanks to Gail Pemberton for joining me today for Move Your Mind. Hold
2: up, what was that?